Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, 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 I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are going to talk about four games here. I urge you to check out the Locked On Network. We are brought to you by BetDSI today. I'll tell you a little bit more about them after I discuss the thrilling, I would say, Chiefs win in Atlanta. It's a good football game. And um, I... I was surprised, impressed, you know, um, shocked how aggressive Andy Reid called this game. You know, that they went for it. I mean, they did not hold back at all. It was an aggressive game plan by any standards, let alone the Chiefs. They ended up with a fantastic pick six by Eric Berry, who returned home to his, you know, his hometown in Atlanta. He was the star of the show, as well as a pick two on a, a two, two point conversion. That was gigantic, as well as the fake punt touchdown by Albert Wilson. So they went after it, and it was not a conservative offensive game plan either. And, you know, Reed knows the stuff, obviously. I, I, I often sing his praises, and he knows what it takes to win this league, and he's won an awful lot of games. Um, I mean, I think he realized, you know, hey, we're going into Atlanta. This offense is as good as any as you're going to face. We're not going to win this game, you know. 1430 you know that this is we're gonna have to put up points and play a little bit outside our comfort zone outside our shell and that's what they did uh even without Macklin Kelsey is a star a stud he might be Gronk aside with Gronk out he might be the best tight end in the league I'm starting to think he really is he's phenomenal after the catch he's clearly the focal point of this offense Alex Smith's best buddy now um, rightfully so. And even without Macklin, these guys have weapons. You know, Ware is a very solid running back. Um, Tyreek Hill is a difference maker, a big play guy all over the place. And and Wilson was a contributor, too. I like Wilson. Um, surprised we don't see more from Conley. I like Conley, too. I thought he would have a breakout season this year. He really hasn't. Maybe he'll be somebody we talk about next year at this time. Who knows? But again, you throw Macklin in this equation. Casey um, offense is pretty decent. Um, on the other side, Atlanta was sort of out of weapons at the end here. Sanu was out at the end of the game. Julio had a nice game, but he wasn't healthy at the end. Um, Matthews, their, their left tackle, who I think is on the verge of being one of the best offensive tackles in the league. You know, a household name, a guy that goes to the Pro Bowl every year, you know, like his father and uncle and all the Matthews. Um, I think that's the career path he is on. Uh, and, and if he's out, it was his loss was felt when he left the game. Let's just leave it at that. You know, and the, the, against these great Kansas City edge rushers, Holly had a really good game. You know, Ford, Houston, that that was pretty tough on Atlanta losing him. That, that's a big, big loss. I don't know the details of his injury yet. That's something we really need to monitor because that could derail this season. You know, and they already lost Trafont. I think that's been a big problem for them too. Um, this is a competitive game. I mean, could they meet again in a Red Wedding Super Bowl? 
possible. I mean, I don't think that's too crazy to think. Uh, I thought Atlanta left some points on the field, though. You know, that they they, they probably are going to go back and watch the tape today and kick themselves on a few times, that's for sure. Um, they didn't come after Alex Smith all that much. My hunch is they don't trust their coverage. They don't trust their their back seven, especially with Trufant out. I, I think that's a big problem for them. But I thought Alex Smith played quite well. Um, Hali was a big force. Chris Jones, I don't know if we've talked about Chris Jones, but traditionally Kansas City's had a good three-man defensive line that's better against the run. They're more of a traditional 3-4 defensive line. But Jones is a really good athlete, and he's playing really well as a rookie, too. Um, he's been a difference maker in his rookie year, and I think with a high ceiling, he should only get better, particularly as a pass rusher, but all around, you know, he's got all the attributes you look for. And then I heard a crazy stat. I just want to throw this one out there. Huge win for Kansas City, and I'm not bashing on them, but going into this game, Alex Smith and Matt Ryan had started one game difference. I forget who started more than their other. Throughout their entire career. Not talking about the season. I'm talking about their entire career. How many games Alex Smith and Matt Ryan have started in their career. So basically, it's only one game difference. And Matt Ryan has thrown for 10,000 more yards than Alex Smith in his career. That's insane. That's insane. It just shows that, I mean, the different types of quarterbacks. You guys know I'm not a big Smith guy, but that sort of, you know, it shows why. But you know, he's won a lot of games this league, too. He played well yesterday. I really like what's going on in Kansas City overall. Can't say I'm super worried about the Falcons, although they lose and Tampa keeps winning. Uh, Atlanta can't just, you know, I mean, they're not a guarantee for the postseason. So... Do you love football? Of course you do. You know, that's the only reason. You, that's why you're listening. That's why you and I talk every day in the Locked On NFL podcast. You know, are you ready to get more into the action, though? You need to check check out BetDSI.com. They've been in this business for over 20 years. I play there. Um, it's great. I, I mean, I, I have no complaints at all about it. It's fantastic. It's very easy to use. It's a top-rated business. It's very, very safe. Uh, BetDSI.com has a great football special. You sign up today and you get $10 free just to try their service. So, how can you argue that, you know? BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. Again, I mean, that's like stealing, free money. Fantastic customer service. Fast and easy payment of winnings. I found that out too. They get get the money to you very quickly. Uh, hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from, which is also pretty cool too. Thinking about the college, you know, all the postseason that's coming up, and uh, I do think those playoff games are going to be fun. You also get UFC. Um, so you know, obviously, when baseball season comes around, hockey, all those things you can you can bet on. BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football and basketball and other sporting events. And I've mentioned this before, like, to me, this is a huge advantage. Like, pick your favorite team, you know, and I know the Steelers better than I know the other 31 teams. I know the other 31 teams pretty well, by the way. But you start watching the game, and sometimes it's like, man, my Steelers don't have it today. They're in trouble. They don't look the same. And as you get in, you know, 10 minutes into the first quarter, put a couple bucks on the opponent, or vice versa, you know I mean? So I think you can learn a lot with that betting in-game, and that's a pretty cool situation. 
You can play. You can you can play virtually everything at BetDSI. So go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there and use my promotion code NFL10. Get your free wager and start winning today. All right, the next game on the docket. I mentioned the Steelers during the uh, BetDSI promo. Pretty impressive win by Pittsburgh. Um. And in a way, I think we saw, sort of saw this coming, that I felt like, and I've told you guys this, that I thought the Giants were a lesser team than their record indicated coming into this game and had some major concerns once the weather breaks, once the crap hits fan, you know, when it gets, when the going gets tough, you know, whenever any cliche you want to use, because they don't run the ball very well. You know, I really like their defense. It's come a long way. But without a running game, it gets tough to win in this league this time of year. And they got a really tough schedule coming forward. And then you look at Eli, and he's not making up for it. And older player, not accurate, not putting a lot of zip on the ball. I mean, I've heard several people talking about that Eli throughout his career has been two or three times where he's like, yeah, I kind of have a dead arm right now. And, and if it looks like that's what he's playing through, that, that he does not have the zip on the ball uh, that he could use a week off in a bad way. But, um, yeah, the Giants hadn't allowed a lot of sacks entering this game, and, and I would say that's more a tribute to Eli than it was their offensive line. Uh, Eric Flowers was a real problem in this game, and he takes a hold in the end zone early in the game against James Harrison, who, at 38 years old, ate his lunch. Um, Flowers, to me, is a right tackle, and... Uh, not even a good one. I didn't like the pick when they made it. I still don't like the pick. He doesn't. He's very poor and fun, unfundamentally sound in, in protection. Big hulking guy, but man. Um, but he takes that hold in the end zone, and, and you know it's a five-zero game at that point. Uh, Eli threw a bad pick in the red zone. Not that far after that, they lost JPP right before the half. Uh, to a, uh, to a, gro- to a groin, groin really difficult for them to overcome going forward. He's played a ton of snaps at a high level. Um, for the Steelers, it was a very, very heavy Le'Veon Bell game plan. And we've seen a lot of that lately. I think he had 35 touches in this game. And no D'Angelo Williams um, trying to manufacture a second receiver, had the lead. So that kind of adds up. It worries me a little bit, though. I mean, Tomlin has a history of running running backs into the ground. I hope he doesn't do that before, you know, you really need him. Uh, they could use D'Angelo Williams back, though, obviously. But Bell's playing at a very, very high level. You know, even in the passing game, he's I think he's leading the league in receptions for a running back. But a big story here, and you can kind of smell it coming, was there was a breakout game by Ladarius Green. And... I've been saying locally here that that's a a huge thing that they need either Ladarius Green or Sammy Coates to step up this last month of the season. And they're the two guys with the ability that it's possible. Coates is still fighting a bad hand injury, so therefore he doesn't even play a lot of offensive snaps. Um, But he does dress for special teams, which he does well. So maybe you still get that component late in the year once he heals, you know, the deep threat. But, you know, I've been in Pittsburgh my whole life, and they've never had a tight end that can run like Ladarius Green. And... Late in the down with Ben buying time. This guy's getting open and stretching the field. Um, that's a big deal for them. And a huge for the Steelers. 
I mean, the, the Giants, I mean, for, I think, 59 minutes, they had seven points in this game. Uh, in the second half, it felt like they had Odell and nothing else and were forcing him the ball, and Eli wasn't throwing well. Um, not a great situation for the Giants. Like I said, tough schedule going forward, tough division, tough conference. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if we don't see the Giants in the postseason, despite you know coming into this game with a really good record. Like I said, Eli's not throwing well. Ben's playing great, extending plays, really good with his mind at the line of scrimmage, too. Um, Steelers have a much easier schedule than the Giants going forward. And one other note that stood out, because the last two weeks, the Steelers have blitzed heavy. They didn't in this one. You know that was uh, So it seems like that's going to be a very week-to-week, game-plan-specific defensive strategy for the Steelers. Is Are they going to be blitz-heavy? Are they going to be coverage heavy? And I think that they thought that they could get home without blitzing a lot. And Harrison often did. The rest of this was so-so. And I think that they kind of flooded coverage towards Odell and didn't think anybody else could beat him, which uh, it worked. The next game, AFC North is really fun right now. And it's getting down to Raven Steelers, you know, like it's been for so many years. And, you know, a great rivalry and... Boy, I didn't see this one coming. I picked the Dolphins reluctantly on Friday with you guys. Baltimore kicked the crap out of them. I mean, this was the best game by far the Ravens have played. We all knew their defense was is superb. Maybe the best in the league. Certainly the best run defense in the league. Really good group, but they caused turnovers. They were just dominant. The secondary played phenomenal. Um, they controlled everything you know but the the key here you know and Miami won six in a row coming into this game you know it was was Flacco though the key here is Flacco there's he had 258 yards in the first half and I know I'm a Joe apologist you know going back to Pitt and all those things um but I know for a fact he's a better football player than he's shown up until this point you know the first 12 games or so of the season and we also know he's coming off a pretty bad injury, and maybe he rushed back. I don't know. I'm making excuses, yes. But I know he's better than what he's put on tape up until now. And he was really, really good in this game. He handled pressure. He ate the blitz alive. He was very, very accurate. A lot of it to Dennis Pitta, hitting guys in stride. Really nice play to Perryman, who Perryman took it to the house after that. Uh, a lot of it in the middle of the field against predominantly zone coverage. You know, those linebackers were exposed. Those safeties were exposed. That the Ravens just threw and threw and threw and threw. And at one point, I mean, even with the lead, I mean, I guess this is a little bit of a concern. I mean, how do you bash a team that just beat the doors off a potential playoff team in Miami? But they still don't run the ball. I mean, they're winning heavy and... Dixon and West look good, and you have a huge lead, and they still don't run the ball. At one point, the Ravens had a 40-6 to pass-to-run ratio. 40 throws against six runs <laughs> with a big lead at home. But Ravens are, I mean, <laughs> I mean, great. I mean, it works, but I don't think it's a giant situation where they can't. They just don't. Anyways, I didn't think Ajayi played bad. I mean, he's run into a wall more often than not. I thought he did all he could. I thought he made some yards on his own, but and probably had a better game than his stat line would, would indicate. 
Um, but the Ravens' run defense is brutal, and their defense in general is really, really good. Um, they owned this game from the start. As usual, well-coached team with the Ben there, Dunnett, Harbaugh factor. Again, always great on special teams. They're playing their best football of the year when it matters most, and it seems like each week's a little bit more impressive than the last. Really difficult place to play. Baltimore and Pittsburgh are now tied atop the AFC North. They have another game remaining between the two of them in Pittsburgh. Um, I want to see both teams in the playoffs, though. You know, you look around the AFC with, with the Patriots being down right now with Gronk, and AFC West is impressive, and I talked about the Chiefs, and but man, I'd love to see Baltimore and Pittsburgh in the postseason. And I, I honestly think either team could win the Super Bowl, too. I mean, with the state of the NFL right now, I don't think that's all that far-fetched, but this was highly impressive, highly eye-opening in for the for the Ravens. And, you know, Miami's probably going back to the drawing board and probably weren't a pro-season team anyways, but they've had a good year. Tannehill had a rough game. Um, I'm still encouraged with Gase and the whole situation in Miami. Uh, I didn't see this one coming, though. All right, the last game is, I guess, a short one. The Sunday nighter wasn't competitive. I didn't think it would be. I mean, I think Carolina's cooked. And Seattle is, you know, that was a a den that you did not want to walk into, a hornet's nest you did not want to walk into after they lost in Tampa. And they were very impressive. Um Cam Newton didn't start this game mysteriously because of a wardrobe wardrobe malfunction of some sort or whatever. And Derek Anderson trots out there in the first play of the game, throws an interception on the first play, quickly leads to a 3-0 score. Um, I understand discipline within a team. That that's very important if you're the coach. But what I don't understand is... Why would you ever intentionally make your football... And coaches do this all the time. I'm not you know, criticizing this particular instance. Well, I guess I kind of am. Your job as a head coach, as an organization, is to win football games. You know, At the college level, yeah, that's your job too. Trust me, it's very much your job. But you're also in charge of developing young men for their future endeavors, for their life work, as Chuck Noll used to say. Um... But if you're the head coach of the Panthers or Seahawks, whatever, your job is to win football games. You know, sure, you'd like to be a good influence on the community and all those things too, yes. But your job as a head of coach is to win football games. If someone did something against team rules, I mean, unless you don't want them in the building, I mean, it's a crime or, you know, something domestic violence or, you know, something bad, you know, that you really have to get it. But... Something that's a team rule, like a wardrobe thing or, you know, wore the wrong stuff, whatever. Why would you hurt your football team by setting your one of your top players on the sidelines? You know, like, yeah, it's embarrassing. You don't get to start the season. You don't get to start the game. You're our MVP. But you hurt your chances of winning. <laughs> I mean, like, why is that... I mean, can't you suspend them? Can't you do something else besides, hey, you're going to sit out the first half, or you're going to, you're not playing in this game. Well, we need you to win. You know, I mean, and that, that drives me crazy, just as football coaches in general. Anyways, it, it wouldn't have mattered. This game was not competitive. 
Wilson played really well. Uh, Jimmy Graham showed up big. No Keekly, that's a huge problem. I mean, these guys are cooked, like I said. Uh, I loved seeing all the Lockett. I, I, I'm a big Lockett fan. I keep expecting the breakout, keep expecting the breakout. Well, we kind of got it, you know, special teams and as a receiver. Dynamic player, huge boost to them. Kind of like I said with the Steelers with Ladarius Green. Um, Thomas Rawls stepped up huge too. Um, didn't play as much in the second half. Was uh, dealing with the concussion-like symptoms. I think he's going to be fine though. Um, but he looked really, really good. Had a couple of really nice runs. Um, the, the Panthers lost Charles Johnson early on and, and came out for a while. He was a shell of himself. He should probably should not have been out there. Um, I don't know what all to say about this game. I mean, it was a, it was basically a blowout. Most of you probably watched the first half or so and saw all you needed to know. The big conversation piece, I guess, right now, though, is Thomas, 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 is, Thomas is flying the teammate mid-flight, breaks, you know, a shin bone, which sounds so painful, and happens to be in the next play, they throw a bomb right down the middle of the field for a touchdown to Teddy Ginn. Not a coincidence. You know, and, and at that point, it was actually... A game, but you know it wasn't from that point on. They're clearly, a much better football team in the Seahawks. But Thomas's injury—they got Bennett back, they got Thomas back. Uh, his injury is gigantic. You know that he is going to miss substantial time. I think, and this is a fine line, but I think he—the whole Legion of Boom era was it—the last five years that they've led the NFL in points allowed every year, which is an unbelievable statistic, especially in today's day and age with as much free agency is and turnover. It's not like the '70s Steelers, you know, where you had the same team every year. But they have done a very good job of keeping their own. Bennett, Averill, Wright, Wright was really good in this game too. Wagner, Cam, Sherman. Earl. I think if you look at those seven, that's the core basically start to finish. And there's been some other really good players in there, don't get me wrong. I don't think I skipped any that have been huge contributors. But those are the guys that are still there that have been quality, quality, high-end players in the scheme from day one. And I think if you say, who's the most important? And again, this is hard. I would put Earl Thomas first. I'd probably go Thomas, Bennett... Sherman, Wagner, Averill, Cam, Wright. And Wright's really, really good. And Cam's really, really good. And they're unique players and fit the scheme really well. But I have talked to many people very close to the organization. And most that are really in the know agree with me that Earl Thomas is the most, is the most, is the guy you want to lose the least. And the reason is, he can be Ed Reed. He's great in the middle of the field. They play all that cover three over the years. They played a lot more man coverage lately. He just erases mistakes. I mean, he lets those 10 guys in front of him be very aggressive, break on the ball, because they know Earl's there to clean up the mess. He's a good tackler. Last layer of defense. He really can't get any better. Um, but he can come down. He can blitz. He can play the run. Ed Reed's an awesome player and an easy Hall of Famer. But... Thomas is more physical. I mean, he's more of a pounder, more of a, a, a banger than Reed was. I don't know if he has Reed's range. I don't know if anybody does or, you know, ball skills. But they're not far off. I mean, I, I think Thomas has basically been 
the best safety in football since the heyday of Reed and Palomalu, which is probably, what, five years ago, four years ago, something like that. You know, those guys finished their career kind of on down notes, as most players do. So he's going to be really difficult to replace. Um, I, I caught some heat. I think, I mean, he's talked about he's, he might retire. That would shock me. I mean, it, it sounds like this, it's a season-long injury. He'll be back next year if he wants to be. But he's talked about maybe he'll retire. Uh, I mean, it's up to him. I mean, I could see why anybody would think that. I still think he's a Hall of Famer if he quits today. I really do. I mean, I think he's been a top 10 defensive player for a long enough stretch, five, six years, best safety in the league, the number one guy on a somewhat transcendent, memorable defense that won a lot of games. I know he hasn't played long, but and it's not an easy one, but I think he's deserving. Anyways, he will be lost. Um, by the way, do you guys know anyways is not a word? I say it all the time, and... One of my critics told me that you say anyways a lot, but anyways is not a word. Say anyway. All right. I probably won't. I'll probably still say it. I don't even realize I do. But Seattle's loaded. The offense looks great. Wilson looks great. We talked about the, the new weapons stepping up. I think the defense minus Earl can still be one of the best in the league, especially if Bennett's there. But it won't be the same. You know, I mean, he is a massive, massive loss. All right, that is going to do it. Thanks to our buddies at BetDSI. Um, we will be back tomorrow, you and I, and we will talk about more games. We'll recap some more action, including the Monday Nighter. I expect the Colts to blow the doors off the Jets and Andrew Luck to put up monster numbers. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17